الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قد افلح من تزكى وذكر اسم ربه فصلى وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لا يؤمن احدكم حتى يكون هواه تبعا لما جئت به او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وسوسفت العلماء الكرام ردنا لهس اسكو مي ليتل بوت فورس ان شاء الله كلوز ذا جاب سو first and foremost it is the fazl and karam of allah taala allah taala has gathered us again after this mubarak month of ramadan has passed what is very important is that we always have in mind why we from time to time gather what is the purpose what is objective so this is very clear that our object our purpose is to try and get closer to allah taala and one of the important aspects in the process of trying to get closer is what is we can term as muzakara imani the constant revision of the aspects of iman the lessons of iman the requirements of iman what are the dictates of iman this constant repetition of it revision of it reminding ourselves this is a very important facet in this entire process so one is that the person has to have his destination in front of him where are we headed to person is driving but somebody asks him where you going he says i'm just I don't know I'm going somewhere where I'm going I have no idea. So he's not going to reach anywhere. He has to know where he's going. So he knows where to take the right turns. Where to avoid turning into. And after having determined his destination then he has to follow the process as well. So part of the process is this reminder. And Allah tbaraka wa taala says in the Quran Sharif wa dhakkir فَإِنَّ الذِّكْرَ تَنْفَعُ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ Remind. For verily a reminder is very beneficial for the believers. It's beneficial for each one of us, whether somebody is talking or somebody is listening, we all need it. And the command is remind. Remind is generally about something a person already knows. You told somebody something, that tomorrow there's a meeting, He says, "In the morning, just give me a call and remind me." So you already gave him the message, you already gave him the information, but you are still asking for a reminder. The Quran Sharif is a constant reminder. Fourteen centuries have passed; it's the same Quran Sharif. It won't change. Not one dot will change till Qiyamah. And the Hadith of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and his Sunnah, his Mubarak way of life, is the same. 
whatever we ch may change in the world, no matter what technology may come, no matter what kinds of new things may come about, but that will remain the same. Nothing will change it. And the reminder will be of the same message that is 1400 years old. Nothing apart from that. And this constant repetition was zakir. The zakir in the Arabic language it comes from the word that is from the that denotes the present and future tense. And one of the aspects in this in the Arabic language indicates istimrar, continuity. So wazakir means continuously reminding oneself. Continuously taking these reminders. So this is the purpose of us gathering. So therefore we need to keep refreshing this intention. That what have we come for? To remind ourselves of what? What is our destination? What is our goal? And according to our intention, inshallah, Allah Ta'ala will grant us what we are desirous of, what we are intending to achieve. In this world, Allah Ta'ala has placed us, there are only two ways in which a person, one of these two ways that he can lead his life. There is no third way. It's either one of these two ways. The one road is, and the one way of life is, the way of following one's desires. Whatever a person thinks of, whatever he wants, as he wants, how he wants, when he wants, whatever is in his desire, then he will do that. That is one way of trying to live this life. And the other way is that a person puts his desire aside completely. He tramples it. And he fulfills what the command of Allah Ta'ala is. So there's only these two ways. And no matter what it seems, how many other different isms may be in the world, and so-called world views that people give all these fancy titles to, and whatever other names and titles things may be given to, but that sum total of it all comes down to only one of these two things. Either a person adopts a way where he is going to now do what he desires. All these isms, people adopt it because it fulfills what they want, what they desire. And the other is to leave all the desires aside. And to do that which Allah Ta'ala has commanded. Now generally, this has always been the dominant thing in the world. That people have adopted the life of following desires. Because that gives some kind of temporary pleasure, enjoyment. And every person is chasing after this fun, after this enjoyment. Nothing must come in the way of this pleasure and fun. Nothing must ever disrupt this, interrupt it in any way. As I desire, I must go. And this becomes a flood. And over ages, this has been a flood. And if you look at the time before Nabi Salaam's advent, before his Nubuat, then this had reached such a height this flood of following desires, the ruling class, the subjects, this had become a flood beyond imagination. At the time when the Muslims initially conquered Iran, at that time, this was the level of this following of desires 
that the king of that time, this is recorded in history, this is now some 1500 years ago, the king of that time had 12,000 wives when he had to eventually flee from his country. So 1,000 cooks he took along. And more than 1,000 those who were responsible for seeing to all the entertainment and to look after all the instruments and whatever else and play it and that whole, more than 1,000 of that he took along. And he was extremely sorrowful that we had to leave everything behind and come. He took along 1,000 cooks and took along 1,000 of all these people and he said we left everything behind and came. But this was the depth in which people had sunken of chasing these desires. And if we look at the situation in the world around us, this is the flood that is still carrying on. And it is this flood of trying to chase desires that has created all the problems in the dunya. Whether it is on a global scale, whether it is on a local scale, and whether it is on a domestic level, a good amount of the problems, maybe we can say majority, it, some total is this desires. Because every person, I, what I desire, how I want it, that must happen. But now people are people, everybody has their own thinking, everybody has their own way, own mind, everybody's desires are not the same. Now nobody is coming on a common platform. The common platform can only be one. Command of Allah Ta'ala. Desires, there's millions of desires. And everybody got their own desires. So now the father has his own way. The mother has hers. The children have their own. The extended family, every person has his own. And now everybody wants his way. And everybody is saying my way or the highway. So what is the end result? The end result is that there's a fire everywhere. Some total of the bottom line of it is the same thing. Following of desires. So this is something that has been, this flood has been coming from ages. And the very easy thing is to go with the flow as they say. Whichever way the water is flowing, to just flow with, the, flow with it, carry on, go with the flow. To swim against the tide this is something that requires tremendous courage. It requires great amount of willpower, strength, determination. At that flood that was coming from ages, it needed somebody that had the total <coughs> determination, that had the total courage. And this was only Nabi that Allah wa ta'ala sent and he turned the tide. Forget just swimming against the tide. He turned the tide. And this is a lesson that Nabi Islam has given us. This will carry on after the time had passed after him as the centuries went on. Unfortunately, again the same flood has risen. Flood of de following desires. And the same lesson that Nabi Islam gave at that time will have to be taken now. Whether it is on a global level, 
to resolve the problems of the dunya, whether it is on a local level, whether it is within the four walls of a home. There is no other way. If you look in the life of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, when this flood was coming and he stood up with the message of Allah wa ta'ala, that in order to come out of this abyss that a person is falling into, to save oneself from this ruin, one will have to turn around. And there were three basic aspects that Nabi Islam invited towards. And it's only when these three things are fully taken in one's life that one can swim against this tide. Otherwise, one will just go with the flood. First thing Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam invited towards, the total yaqeen and belief in one Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. That He is our creator. And He is the ruler of the entire universe. That complete yaqeen. Without this, then there's only the way of desires. If a person hasn't that faith and yaqeen that Allah Ta'ala is my creator. Allah Ta'ala is the uni- creator of the universe is the ruler of the universe, then what is left? Then do as you wish. So this was the first thing Nabi Sallallahu invited towards. The second thing, he invited towards the reality of life after death. That a person is going to live in life after this death, life. And wherein he will have to give an account of this life. Minus that from a person, and then do what you wish. Follow your desires. Then who's there to stop anybody? So one is the belief, firm belief and yaqeen in Allah wa ta'ala. Allah ta'ala is a creator. He is the sustainer. He is the nourisher. And he is the ruler of the entire universe. And there is this life coming. After this life of dunya, there is another life coming. The eternal life. And a person is going to have to still give an account of this life also. And then there is punishment... And there's reward as well. And the third thing Nabi Islam invited towards, that he is the Nabi of Allah wa ta'ala, and there's success only in following his way of life, in his pattern, in his footsteps. There can no be no success in following anything else. And while giving dawah to these three things, Nabi Islam practically lived that life of putting all the desires aside. Forget that which is desires that are not permissible. Allah's Nabi Islam is ma'asum. But he led that life and showed that example that in order to give his ummah a road to walk on, Nabi Islam left aside even those desires, those things that are permissible. And he put his close and near and dear ones of the same line also. And this was such a thing that when Nabi Islam stood up to give this call, it was something totally bewildering to the people. Can there be somebody that decides to flow against the tide? What is he going to get in this? And this is the thing that is the biggest challenge today also. That to flow against the tide it's very easy to go with the tide, with the flood. Just get washed away. The easiest thing is just to get carried away. But to go against the flood waters, there's a flood of fashion, for example. Or to swim in the opposite direction. 
there's a flood of the kind of dressing that is taking place. The immorality and the shamelessness in dressing. To get carried in that flood is very easy. Just go with the tide. But for somebody to turn against the tide, not an easy thing. In the business practices of the day, so just go with the flow. Very easy. You don't have to do anything. Just get carried away. But to stand your ground and to go against the tide, this takes himmat, courage. And when somebody stands up to call against this, that don't go with the flow, don't just get washed away. The first thing that happened at that time when Nabi Wasallam made this call, people couldn't even believe that he was sincere about it. They can't be. There must be some hidden agenda in this. Not possible that a person decides to take all this trouble, decides to take this pain, decides to swim against the tide and take on all the whole, the wrath of the entire society. It can't be true. It must be some hidden agenda. And because they were so sure that there's a hidden agenda, they sent a delegation to Nabi Sallallahu Can we imagine? They sent a delegation. That what, what do you want after all? Tell us. We're ready for it. You want to become our leader? And they thought this was a hidden agenda. Because people do things in the world, generally there's some desire behind it. There's some ulterior motive. You want to become our leader? Then fine, leave all this out. We'll make you our leader. If that is your objective, you got it. What do you want? You want wealth? Then fine, just give up all this call. That we must give up our desires. We mustn't flow with the tide. We will get all the wealth and gather it for you. You'll become the richest among us. And what do you want with this? Are you interested in getting married to the most beautiful woman on the land? Then we'll present that to you also. They thought they gave some very big offers. They thought they made the biggest offers of the time. A deal that can't be refused. Nabi Sallallahu said to them, I didn't come to take anything from you. I came to give you something. I didn't come to take anything from you. I've come to give you that which will give you the eternal success. It's like somebody has come to give all the wealth and gold and jewelry to a person and he says before that, that look, maybe you came, you are in need of something, he decides to give him some rotten things, some decaying things, some dirt. He says, I didn't come to take anything from you. I came to give you something. I came to give you the eternal life, the happiness of the year after. And then he practically demonstrated this life of leaving out desires. Can we imagine Nabi Wasallam to the extent that he is now persecuted for making this call that he has to leave his birthplace, leave Makkah Mukarramah. That happens also. Now the day comes when Makkah Mukarramah is being conquered. What a situation. After what kind of persecution? How many people of his family are mercilessly martyred and the Sahaba Kiram are slaughtered in front of him. After all this Nabi Wasallam is now coming to conquer Makkah Mukarramah. What is the desire at that time of a conqueror? I must show my might. I have conquered the place. I am now one up. I have proved that I couldn't be defeated. 
All these things happen on a daily scale in our lives. We score points. Wherever we get a chance, we score a point over somebody. That person thought he was one better, I showed him. I'm, I, can, I can do better than him. Nabi Sallallahu has come as a conqueror. And how does he enter Makkah Mukarama? He is riding a camel. And his head is bowed so low, it's almost touching the neck of the camel. And what is on his tongue? La ilaha illallah wahda. Anjaza wa'da. Wa nasara abda. Wa hazamal ahzaba wahda. There is none worthy of worship but Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala. He has fulfilled his promise. He helped his slave. He defeated the armies on his own. We did nothing. That humility. Now this humility is not a desire that comes from inside. Inside in the human being, he wants to be one up. He wants to prove his point. He wants to show I am better. Nabi Islam is teaching us, no, that is not the way. That is my way. My way is something else. My way is humility. My way is to humble oneself. On such an occasion also, one person comes in the presence of Nabi Islam. And now he knows Nabi Islam has just conquered this place. And he comes and he starts trembling. Just merely coming in the presence of Nabi Islam. He's so overawed. He starts trembling. Nabi Islam says to him, No need for you to tremble. I'm the son of that woman who used to eat dried meat. I'm the son of a, such a simple woman. So I'm a very simple person also. You don't need to fear anything. Whereas a person when he has just come as a conqueror, he wants to put his awe and might in everybody's heart. And here Nabi Islam is telling this person, don't become overawed. Let that go. Just be comfortable. Be calm. Amen. Giving up this desire of, I am somebody. This is the lesson we have been given. Then, when a person has conquered, he is now the, at the top of it. What normally happens? That now he, it's all his now. If it's anybody else's too, it's his. So as he desires now, at the expense of the entire community, at the expense of the entire population, he must now have it all, live in the, live in the lap of luxury. But here Allah's Nabi Wasallam, when the Sahaba Kiram come to show that we haven't had anything to eat, we got one one stone tied to our bellies, he has already tied two stones to his bellies. He's one ahead of them in that sacrifice as well. And what is his life? That sometimes for two months on end, two months continuously, there is no fire lit in the house because there was nothing to cook. It was just dates and water that they're surviving on. Continuously two months. There's a lesson that is being given. Whereas Nabi Islam was offered... If you want, we'll turn the mountain into gold for you. But he says, no, that will put my ummah on the road of desires. So I will sacrifice. I will trample every feeling that would create such a situation for the ummah that they decide that now must take the road of desires. So Nabi Wasallam is living this life. Then for his children... His children he adopts the same thing for. Normally when a person is now at the helm of it, so the first is that his family, they must enjoy it now. And what is the case with Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? His own daughter, the queen of Jannat, 
she is doing all the household chores herself. And not just household chores of this zamana, that it is a chore now to press one button so that the machine can do the rest. And it is a chore now to give the instruction to the servants so that they can do the rest. So these are the chores nowadays. Alhamdulillah, many other things are done as well. But unfortunately, the flood that is coming in the new generations, the flood that is coming in the new generation, that these are the chores that they... That is a maximum that a person is re- ready to take on. Press some buttons and the rest must be done. This is a very dangerous trend that is coming in. And we need to take notice of all these things. Otherwise, Allah forbid that this will just sweep everything away. So in any case, Nabi Sallallahu is at the top of it now. And his own daughter, this is her condition. Her hands are getting blistered. Because of grinding the flour. She has to carry the water on the leather bag on her shoulder. That is getting scarred. And now she hears there's some slaves that have come to Nabi Wasallam. So she comes and puts forward her request. And if I had this benefit of having some slave as well. So all these difficult tasks would get taken care of. Now imagine the situation. Nabi Wasallam, it is his prerogative. He can make this decision. But what does he say? This leave it for the other Muslims. This benefit and this facility, this benefit of having a servant and a slave, let somebody else benefit from this. You go with the name of Allah Ta'ala. You decide 33 times Subhanallah, 33 times Alhamdulillah, and 34 times Allah Akbar before you go to bed and carry on doing your work. This is better for you than a servant. Cutting off that desire of dunya completely. Carry on, doesn't matter. Hands are getting blistered. Shoulder is getting scarred. Now, there was nothing haram in this. There was no sin in giving his daughter a slave. It was his prerogative. But Nabi Sallallahu was teaching one lesson for his ummah. He was setting a standard. And this lesson that this world is two ways of going about it. One is the way of destruction, the way of desires. The other is the way of the command of Allah Ta'ala. And Nabi Islam is taking it to a very high standard. We can't even imagine it. But so that we come onto the basic level at least. That at least the haram desires we give up. At least those desires that are clearly going to take us towards the punishment of Allah Ta'ala and the displeasure of Allah Ta'ala. At least that much we give up. Nabi Islam gives his daughter these tasbihat, the queen of Jannat. said, you go with this. You carry on with your work. Then when a person has that power, he has that authority, then his family and extended family are all the people that will benefit first. If a person has made great amount of sacrifice at some point in time, maybe he was because of his political position, he was maybe imprisoned, exiled, whatever the things happen. And if then the tables turn around, it happens all over the world, the tables turn around, and the person wants to be paid back for all the hardships that he undertook. And obviously in the world, they want to get paid back with interest. (coughs) So all the sacrifices that the person made, he says now it's time for payback now. Here Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam 
at the most important occasion of Hajj, he is issuing some edicts. He is giving some commands. What is the way forward? And he says one of the important things among those things are that the aspect of interest is completely now abolished. There was interest before, now it's no more, gone. And any interest that was due from before, that is abolished. And the very first interest that is owed to anybody that I am cancelling now here is the interest that is owed to my uncle Abbas radiallahu anh. Because he was a person that had a lot of money, he used to lend people, and he used to lend it on interest. So as I am standing here now, anybody owing him one cent interest is no more liable for it. It's gone, cancelled. And Nabi Salaam didn't make this known beforehand to his uncle. You know what? That this new law is coming. Quickly, whatever you can get, you get it now. <laughs> you know, this land reform is coming, you rather sell it off beforehand. No prior announcement that you try and gauge, just cash up quickly, because now this is all going to get abolished. No, I'm standing here now, and whatever is owed to him is gone, finished. No more interest owed to him. Any jahiliya times of blood money that was required, or, or revenge that was still outstanding, but it not according to the command of Islam, people were killed and others were killing and whatever else, the first things that I abolish is those that are due against others on my, for my own family. Anybody in my family has a right against somebody else to take some retaliation, take some revenge. I've cancelled it. They got no right anymore now. They can't touch anybody else on the basis of whatever has happened in Jahiliya. Now this is the lesson Nabi Sallallahu is practically teaching. That this, this, these are the desires. If a person has that power, now he must cash in. Person has the power, he must now do what he wants. Take all the old, settle all the old scores also. Whatever he had an axe to grind with somebody one century ago, his grand, great-grandfather had. And it, he heard about it somewhere, wrote, was written in the diary. Now he wants to sort that out also now. And Nabi Sallallahu is giving something totally different. Crush all these things. And Nabi Sallallahu sets this standard. The Sahaba Ikram follow the standard. Abu Bakr comes. He's the first Khalifa of the time. And what is his situation? That his remuneration, his salary, being the Khalifa of the Mu'min, the whole Ummat, his salary is not even enough to prepare a sweet dish. And his wife says that, Want to have something sweet? She says, Well, there's nothing. If you want to, she says, Okay, we'll save a little bit, and after some time, we'll see what we can save up. So she starts saving up, and after some time, she's saved a little. Okay, you can go buy whatever is required for that sweet dish. Acha, you save so much, takes that to the Baytul Mal, to the treasury. That this, what we are doing, whatever we are supposed to be remunerated, is not to make our mouth sweet. Just to sustain ourselves. This must be put back in the treasury. Whereas that was something permissible for him. But they were, they were setting a standard. That later on when the ummah will come, they got no excuse for not giving up what is totally haram. That they got no excuse to say that, but how can I give up this because instead of earning 10 million, I only earn 1 million. Many a times, 
Sometimes a person, in the course of the discussion, how's are things? Says, well, okay, not too good. Last year we made about 10, 12 million, this year only made 3 million. So that also is a complaint rather than being at least starting off on the point of sugar. That subhanallah, 3 million. Whereas people in their whole life, the bulk of the population of the world, maybe in their whole life won't see that amount. But that becomes a complaint, we only made 3 million. So Abu Bakr is now setting the standard that this too is now to sweeten our mouths, this is not what we are here for. Put this back. Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala Baytul Maqdis has been conquered. And now he's coming. He is the Amirul Mu'mineen. And with him is one slave. And there's only one riding animal between them. And a part of the way Hazrat Umar is riding, the slave is walking. And part of the way the slave is riding and Hazrat Umar, Amirul Mu'mineen is walking. And when the time comes to enter the city, it's the time for the slave to be riding. And Amirul Mu'mineen to be walking. He insists, you'll carry on riding. It's your turn. I'll walk. Now there's a desire in these things. Desire, this is a slave. He must walk all the way. I'll ride. To start off with being the Amirul Mu'mineen, but he's not taking anything beyond that. One, one animal will go along with. And he's entering the place with the garments which are patched all over the place. He's coming as the Amir Mu'mineen, as the conqueror. But this is his justice as well. And this is his simplicity. And this is the crushing of his desires. Khalid bin Walid radiallahu ta'ala is the commander-in-chief. And he's on the battlefield. And his conquests are well known from the time of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Nabi Sallallahu gave him the title of Saifullah, the sword of Allah Ta'ala. Abu Bakr's Time comes and he is still in the forefront of everything. Time of Hazrat Umar comes. And this is still continuing. And something happens, some little error or something took place. Hazrat Umar deemed it appropriate that he should be moved from this position now. now imagine this background. Person is at this height of that position. And these are the things that normally are the cause for all the conflict. It is either the figure or the figures. Either the person is out after wealth or after woman or after the being the figurehead, the position. So they're all figures. So that position and a person has been riding on that crest of that position for so long. And now he's demoted. So when this message comes to him in the battlefield, this message comes to him, you are no more the commander-in-chief. You now will be down. So what is his reply? That if I was serving for the sake of Umar, or for the sake of any name and position, then I won't do anything further now. But if I was doing it for Allah wa ta'ala, then I was serving as the commander-in-chief for Allah ta'ala, now I'll serve as an ordinary soldier for Allah ta'ala. So my object wasn't to do it anything because of whoever has been appointed as the Amir, 
as a commander in chief to always do it for Allah Ta'ala. And now as an ordinary soldier to do it for Allah Ta'ala. So it doesn't matter, whatever it is, I'm happy for it. Now that at that time, what goes in a person's heart and mind? That crave for position, for that honor, and all these things, the Beast put an end to it, right? He nipped it in the bud, as they say, where one person came and he requested to be appointed to some position. The Beast said, the one who comes and asks for positions, we never give him. The one who comes and requests position nowadays, forget this request, you have to sing your praises for it. I have done this, and I can do this, and I will do this. And after singing all one's praises, then only perhaps you'll get the position. Nabi Sassam says, forget singing your praises yourself. You even come and ask for it, we won't give you. The person who doesn't want it, will give him. The person who's genuinely not wanting it, he'll be given the position. So this is the lesson that has been taught to us. The lesson that this world, the success, and Nabi Sallallahu by this message, that give up the way of desires, come on the way of the command of Allah Ta'ala, the sunnah of Nabi Sallallahu in the short span of 23 years of Nubuat, he turned the whole flood waters around. That this entire band of Sahaba Ikram, they came on this path. And when they came on this path, then they conquered the whole world. They set the stage for the conquering of the world. Iman has now reached every nook and corner of the world due to that sacrifice. So this is the lesson for us that we have to now crush. This standard for us is too high. We can't even dream about that standard. But that standard was set for us to be able to look at it and at least come to the basic level. That the haram desires, this flood is there. Whether it's in the form of the technology that is coming, whether it is all the de-Facebook and all the whatever else carries on, or whether it is in the form of fashion, whether it is in the form of all the entertainment that's coming, whether it is in any other way, this flood is on. But this lesson we have been given, that the minimum, we're going to have to make some sacrifices. Well, this is not sacrifices. Can we imagine those sacrifices? These are the basic sacrifices we're going to make. But we will make these basic sacrifices in this zamana. Nabi Sallallahu said to the Sahaba Ikram, you are presently living in a time that if you leave out one-tenth, not of the faraiz, not of the compulsory things, you leave out one-tenth of what is the basic level of righteousness, of being good, faraiz and all is very high, then too you'll get destroyed. A time will come when people will do one-tenth of extra things. The basic things, there's no question about missing out salah or not fasting or getting involved in haram. But they won't be able to do too much of the nafil, for example. They won't be able to do those things that people did previously. Whole night they made the hajjud, then whole day they fasted, and the great, great ibadat they made. But if they do only one-tenth of the extra things too, they'll gain those same rewards. They'll gain the same, same ranks. This is that zamana we are in. But this requires that little mujahada, that striving against the nafs, crushing it. And for this, that himmat is required, that courage. That courage comes out of being constantly in righteous company. Being in the company of the pious, the company of the righteous. This himmat and courage transfers. 
And when a person has developed this himmat and courage, then it becomes easy to crush these desires that distract one from Allah wa ta'ala. So these are the lessons that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi has given us practically in his life. The Sahaba Kiram have given us, the awliya of the ummah gave us. And this is the clear path to our own success, our own peace and happiness. Otherwise it is the path to destruction. So maybe Allah Ta'ala give us a tawfiq that we understand that this is the way that we have to adopt, leave out all the aspects of following our desires. And the thing that is very useful in this is, we read about the lives of the Ahlullah, the talim in the home, the lives of the sahaba kiram constantly reading about it. This develops this courage, develops this himmat. And being in righteous company, being in the right environments, and also consulting when step for step. As things come up, something is taking one away. Consulting, how do one, how does I, do I get out of this? What is the way to avoid this? Or this flood has come in. What is the way to bypass this? With that, Allah Ta'ala makes it easy that barakat comes in that. And a person then manages to move ahead. Allah Ta'ala give me tawfiq and give all of us the tawfiq. said a hundred times la ilaha illallah it is reported in the hadith of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that the person who recites la ilaha illallah a hundred times daily Allah Ta'ala will cause his face to shine like the 14th moon on the day of Qiyamat what this means is that he'll get the tawfiq and the ability to do righteous actions due to which inshallah he'll get this great honor on the day of Qiyamat that his face will shine like the 14th moon as we often repeat this lesson in this message this is what we do Jointly here is just for the sake of talim, for the sake of encouragement and to get us going. But this is something we should be doing daily in our time, in our homes. Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq. While saying la ilaha illallah, we'll imagine that all the ghayrullah, all the dirt, the filth in our hearts, all the haram, all those evil desires, everything that is distracting us from Allah Ta'ala, all this has been thrown out. And illallah, there is this nur coming in our hearts, which is the love of Allah wa Ta'ala. Sayyidina <laughs> يا ربي صل وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله لا إله إلا الله 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 
ہو جائے میرا دل میدان ہو تو ہی تو ہو تو ہی تو ہو تو ہی تو غیر سے بالکل ہی اٹھ جائے نظر تو ہی تو آئے نظر دیکھو جدر اور میرے تن میں بجائے آب و گل درد دل ہو درد دل ہو درد دل نفس و شیطان دونوں نے مل کر ہائی کیا ہے مجھ کو تباہ اے میرے مولا میری مدد کر چاہتا ہوں میں تیری پناہ مجھ سا خلق میں کوئی نہیں گو بد کردار ناماسیاں تو بھی مگر غفار ہے یا رب بخش دے میرے سارے گناہ اب تو رہے بس تادم آخر ورد زبائے میرے الہ لا الہ الا اللہ لا الہ الا اللہ لا الہ الا اللہ لا الہ الا اللہ 
He said hundred times Allah, with this in mind that just as there's a tongue in the heart, a mouth, there's a tongue in the heart as well. That is also reciting Allah. And everything around us is also saying Allah. Allah, Allah, Allah,
موسیقی وَهْدِنَا سُبُنَ السَّلَامِ وَنَجِّنَا مِنَ الظُّلُمَاتِ إِلَى النُّورِ وَجَنِّبْنَا الْفَوَاحِشَ مَا ظَهْرَ مِنْهَا وَمَا بَطَنْ رَبَّنَا هَبْلَنَا مِنْ أَزْوَاجِنَا وَذُرِّيَاتِنَا قُرَّةَ عَعْيٌ وَجَعَلْنَا لِلْمُتَّقِينَ إِمَامًا رَبَّنَا فَاغْفِرْ لَنَا ذُنُوبَنَا وَكَفِّرْ عَنَّا سَيِّئَاتِنَا وَتَوَفَّنَا مَعَ الْأَبْرَارِ رَبَّنَا وَآتِنَا مَا وَعَدْتَنَا عَلَى رُسُلِكَ وَلَا تُخْزِنَا يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ إِنَّكَ لَا تُخْلِفُ الْمِيعَادَ اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأمتنا على الإيمان وأحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان إله العالمين يا الله Most merciful Allah Most gracious and kind Allah most compassionate Allah, most loving Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, forgive all our sins, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, indeed we acknowledge whatever we have done, Ya Allah. We are the most sinful people on earth, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, but you are the most forgiving, Ya Allah. You love forgiving, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive all our sins, Ya Allah. Forgive us, Ya Allah. Forgive our families, Ya Allah. Forgive our relatives and friends, Ya Allah. Forgive the entire ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, shower down your maghfirat on the ummah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, remove the sufferings of the ummah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, throughout the world, wherever the Muslims are in any suffering, Ya Allah, you remove it, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, remove the pain and hardship, Ya Allah. Remove the poverty, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, those who are without food, give them food to eat, Ya Allah. Those who are without clothing, give them clothing to wear, Ya Allah. Those who are without shelters, Ya Allah, give them shelters, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, the Muslims of Egypt, of Syria, Ya Allah, throughout the world, Ya Allah. Wherever the Muslims are suffering, Ya Allah, you remove their hardships, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, we acknowledge all this is as a result of our doings, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you forgive us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, enable us to do those a'mal that bring down your rahmat, Ya Allah. Save us from that which bring down your rot and azab, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, make us your obedient and truthful servants, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, save us from all the fitna and fasad, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, give us a tawfiq of following your commands, Ya Allah. Save us from following our desires, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, you save us from the pathway of desires, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, put us on the way of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Grant us a tawfiq of following the sunnah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, fill our hearts with your love, Ya Allah. Grant us your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Bless us with your ma'rifat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, give us the nisbat of the awliya siddiqeer, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, grant us a tawfiq of Ya Allah, doing all the good, Ya Allah. Save us from every haram, Ya Allah. Save us from all haram actions, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from every drop and every grain of haram, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, save us from that which is doubtful also, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, grant barakat in each one's rizq, Ya Allah. Grant halal and tayyib rizq to each one, Ya Allah. 
Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, give us the good and the best of dunya and the best of akhirat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, all those who have passed away, fill their qabars with noor, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make their complete maghfirat, Ya Allah. Give them jannatul firdaus, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, at the time of all death, take us with the kalima, La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah. Ya Allah, grant us death on iman e kamil, Ya Allah. Give us death on tawbat and nasuh, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us death at the time that you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, grant us, Ya Allah, the Mubarak land of Medina Munawara, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, make our covers gardens of Jannah for us, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us the shafat of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, give us Jannatul Firdaus without any hisab kitab, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, all those are sick, give them shifai kamila, ajila, mustamirra, daima. Ya Allah, those who are in any kind of hardships and difficulties, remove it, Ya Allah. Those who are in financial difficulties, remove it, afiyat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, chaos from all our spiritual ailments also, Ya Allah. Chaos from our physical ailments, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, unite the hearts of the Ummah, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of families, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, remove all the strife, Ya Allah. Remove all the ill feelings, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, Ya Allah. Make the children the coolness of the eyes of the parents, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, grant shafqat and Ya Allah, kindness in the hearts of parents, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, unite the hearts of spouses, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, you grant muhabbat, Ya Allah. Grant muhabbat and ulfat in the hearts of everybody, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, all the good that Nabi Islam asked for. Ya Allah, we are begging for all that good. Whatever Nabi Islam sought refuge from, Ya Allah, you are asking protection from it as well, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nasaluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa na'udhu bika min sharri masta'adaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Anta al-musta'an wa alayka al-balaag. Wa la hawla wa la quwata illa billah. وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وأصحابه أجمعين سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله